0: This is the Canty and Carlin
1: podcast. Beside Mike Wells, I'm Michelle Smallman. We're filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and his name is on the marquee. Chris Canty, the host of Canty and Carlin, joining us now. Canty, what's up? Thanks for popping in with us.
0: Oh, thank you guys for having me on my own show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate, y'all, appreciate y'all holding it down. Y'all have been doing an outstanding job, Mike, Michelle. It's been awesome listening to you guys.
1: Well, thanks, Canty. We're in the middle today of the ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon. For those listening, it's completely free. It's easier than ever to join. Head on over to ESPN.com slash FFL to sign up, or you could always check it out in the ESPN Fantasy app. So let's start there, Canty. When you played, did you ever hear it from fans about fantasy or did you ever hear it from your teammates in the in the locker room after a game about their fantasy scores or anything like that?
0: Well, you know, what? when I was at the tail end of my career, it was really where fantasy football started picking up. So I, I remember vaguely hearing some wide receivers talk about it. And we all know that the wide receiver position group is the diva position group on every <laughs> NFL team. As Chris Carter, my former um, co-worker used to say, wide receiver cares about two things, me and my money. That's it. <laughs> so wide receivers obviously love to be the, the focus of fantasy football, and rightfully so, especially if you're in a PPR league. But – uh It's really a thing now. Like, I feel like in NFL locker rooms, right under your Madden rating is where you get picked in fantasy football if you're Mm. on the offensive side of the ball. So it's like Madden rating, where you get picked in fantasy football. Like, those are the things that NFL players use to gauge the kind of respect teams and fans are putting on their name outside of what they're getting paid. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm glad I took. Uh, I'm glad uh, we took Justin Jefferson in our fantasy football uh, PPR league at, with the number one overall pick last weekend. So hopefully that that pans out for us, Chris. Hey, um, I I think this is no surprise, but what were your thoughts on the Colts naming Anthony Richardson their starting quarterback today?
0: I thought it was the way to go. I, I mean, he's clearly the more talented of the quarterbacks in that room, right? I, I mean, there was no world in which. The guys in the locker room are going to look at Gardner Menchu and say, this dude gives us the best chance to win. And, I, and it's no disrespect to Gardner Menchu. It's just that Anthony Richardson is an immensely talented football player. He's the reason why he was a top five pick, right? And, and I think you saw some of those dominant traits on display in their preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he threw an absolute dime. It was Alex Pierce that dropped the ball, but that would have been a touchdown. I mean, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that 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 have the ability to throw like that, especially on the run. And then you saw him hit the truck stick on a couple of defensive backs from the Buffalo Bills, too. So I think this guy, beyond what he brings in the passing game, is going to be a weapon for the Colts in terms of dictating to the defense with his ability to be able to keep the ball on those QB zone reads. So I, I just think that... He presents a lot of challenges for a defense and a defensive coordinator trying to prepare for the Colts. And we've seen Shane Steichen have success with quarterbacks that have the kind of skill set that, that Anthony Richardson is bringing to the party. All you got to look at is last year and how he transformed Jalen Hurts. So I'm, I'm excited about what Anthony Richardson can do. And I think he can use his legs early on to slow down the game for him, uh, especially the mental aspects of it at the line of scrimmage and right, right after the snap of the ball. So I, I think it was the right decision. I think it was the only decision for the Colts as an organization.
1: Chris Canty, the host of this fine program, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Joining us now, Mike Wells is alongside me. I'm Michelle Smallman. And Zach Martin, he agreed to a reworked deal with the Cowboys. His holdout is over. Now that that question mark has been erased, Canty, are there no more excuses for Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy in Dallas?
0: Oh, man, Michelle, we are preaching from the same <laughs> hymnal. Uh, same hymnal, same at the Bible, same <laughs> book. We are we are reading we are all in alignment with that one. Cause to me, that's what the offseason has been all about for the Cowboys, right? Mike McCarthy exiled Kellen Moore, right? He said Kellen Moore was doing too much with, as the offensive coordinator. Go figure that one out. Since he's become the offensive coordinator, only one team has scored more points. In the NFL, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. So go figure out how that works. Um, but yeah, they've got rid of Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy's going to take the reins as the play calling responsibilities. They got Brandon Cooks. They lost Dalton Schultz in free agency, but they drafted Luke Schoonmaker out of, of Michigan to be their their tight end. Uh, I mean, they've got Tony Pollard. They drafted Deuce Vaughn to be you know a rotational piece of the run in the backfield. They've got the offensive line solidified. They've got a top five defense. From a year ago, a defense that's led the league in takeaways each of the past two seasons. I don't know what else Dak Prescott needs to go on a deep playoff run. I I really don't. Like at this point, we're out of excuses. And I think if you look at it through that lens, there's a reason why Jerry Jones hasn't given Dak Prescott a long term extension right? Dak Jack, Jack has got a cap hit that's over $50 million in 2024. There's a reason why they didn't give him an extension. I think this is a wait-and-see approach, not only with McCarthy in 2023, but also with Dak Prescott. You,
2: you, you mentioned you know, all the weapons that Dallas has. Outside of Philadelphia in the NFC, obviously the NFC East, but the NFC as a whole, is there another team that could threaten the Cowboys as potentially being you know, maybe the second or the best team in the NFC?
0: Uh, so, so we're, 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 we're excluding the San Francisco 49ers. Is that correct?
2: Oh, no, no. You can mention, San, hey, listen, I, I said earlier, I love Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. So, oh, okay. but I needed, I needed to hear what you got to say on this one, Chris.
0: Well, here's the thing. San Francisco is the obvious, right? They were in the conference championship yeah. game a year ago. To me, they're going to be a challenger. I will say this. Seattle is going to have something to say about the NFC. You talk about skill position groups. In the offensive line. I mean, the only the only question about Seattle right now is is can Geno Smith do it again? Because I mean, Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker that one two punch in your backfield. Then you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. You got Noah offense at tight end. You got your two bookend tackles and Charles Cross and uh, Abraham Lucas. I, I, what else does Seattle need on uh, Like Seattle has an offense that that from a skill position standpoint and an offensive line standpoint can compete with anybody in the NFC. Um, I would say the other team to be on the lookout, and this is a sneaky contender, uh, the Washington Commanders. The mm-hmm. Washington Commanders, and I know a lot of people are not talking about them, but remember, the Washington Commanders were the first ones to go into Philadelphia's, Philadelphia's home stadium and kick their teeth in. They played a physical brand fall, and I think it ended up with a double-digit win against a team that was undefeated at that point in the calendar. So, I mean – that's another team that you might want to have to look out for in terms of how they play their brand of ball and uh, from a physicality what they're bringing to the table, especially their defensive line. So I've watched for the Washington Commanders really like their defensive front, their defense as a whole, and I like the skill position players on that team.
1: Alongside Mike Wells, I'm Michelle Smallman. We're speaking with Chris Canty, the host of Canty and Carlin, right here on ESPN Radio. Which running back signing Canty will be more impactful for their team? Ezekiel Elliott with the Pats or Dalvin Cook, the newest member of the New York Jets?
0: I got to go Dalvin Cook. I I do. And and I I think it'll be um, a two-headed monster in that backfield with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Both players are dealing with injuries coming off of the offseason. Cook had the shoulder surgery. Brees Hall had a knee reconstruction. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook has been north of 1100 yards rushing each of the last four seasons. I mean, this, this guy, I mean, he played with a shoulder injury last year and you're still talking about him being in the top 10 in terms of runs that have 10 plus yards or more. He had 30 of them last year. He's an explosive element in the running game. And I think that that leans into the identity that the, the, the New York Jets want to have, which is let our defense win it for us. And we're going to be balanced on offense, control the ball, control field position. Now, New England is going to use that same formula, but I think the Jets will have an opportunity to do a little bit better. And because the Jets have Aaron Rodgers as that quarterback, that'll give Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall a little more room to run. So I'm going to say Dalvin Cook on his face is going to have a bigger impact than Ezekiel Elliott.
2: Okay, Chris, I'm going to ask you this, but... I'm going, to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and make the rules on this one. All you right. cannot <laughs> say the Dallas Cowboys when I ask this question. The Cowboys are off the table. So going back to your childhood or even through your NFL career, who do you love rooting against? It could be a team or a player. And who like I-, I said, you cannot Ooh. say the Cowboys considering you played in the NFC. East. So I'm going to go ahead and make that rule right there.
0: Who did I love rooting against the most? That's that's a good one. Uh, I would probably go with who? Who did I absolutely hate when I was a kid? I mean, I, uh, I mean, the New York Jets is low hanging fruit because I mean they were bad when I was growing up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino, Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, like that whole thing. Like a lot of family members are Dolphins fans. So I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins, an easy team to root against.
1: Is there anybody now, now, Candy? What's that? Is there any team or player now that you're like, I'm sick of this person or this team?
0: Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I I mean, I mean, (laughs) right? (laughs) Who's not, who's not sick of Aaron Rodgers right now? Like I have Aaron Rodgers fatigue, all of the hype of the offseason. I'm just ready for the games to actually matter and to see whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to put his mouth, uh, put his money where his mouth is. You know what I mean? He's been talking about the Lombardi trophy at one Jets drive being lonely. Well, he's got an opportunity to do something about it over the next two years. I'm interested to see what it looks like
2: for them. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on Aaron I can't I, I, uh, will, I can't wait for the back pages of uh, all the New York tabloids of Aaron Rodgers messes up. And by the way, you're not, you're not going to be getting no sweet potato pie at the holidays for your Miami uh, Dolphins uh, family members, man. You know you're saying you don't like the Dolphins. They, you don't, hey, they, take, they taking your Thanksgiving plate away from you, brother.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it's all good because guess what? Nobody's sweet potato pie is better than my wife's, and she going to make it regardless of who I'm rooting for. So I'm, 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 I'm straight on that end, partner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's winning no matter what. He's Chris Candy, the host of Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio. Follow him on social media at ChrisCanty99. Canty, thanks for the time. We appreciate you. I
0: right, appreciate y'all holding it down. Thanks a lot.
1: Well, what does ESPN Fantasy Football provide? We're right in the middle of our ESPN Fantasy Marathon. You can play in a private league with friends or join a public league and be matched with other fans at the same skill level. Play in up to 25 leagues. You can get expert analysis right on the home screen. The teams from Fantasy Focus and Fantasy Football Now give you all the tips and insights you need to win your league. Just sign up, draft, and manage your team from anywhere using the ESPN Fantasy app. When's Rihanna going to drop the album? You can't play this song and not have me ask this question. Like, congratulations on the birth of your second child. Where's your third child? The new album, right? You know, shout out to Fenty, a billion-dollar baby. I need the album, Mike Wells. He is Mike Wells. Oh, I'm man. Michelle Smallman. And uh Dalvin Cook signs a one-year deal with the Jets. He's planning uh the deal, excuse me, is $7 million, includes a $1.6 million in ex- in incentives. He's still at least a week away from being able to practice after undergoing shoulder surgery in February. Rob- Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, talked about the timeline for Dalvin Cook and when we can see him on the field.
3: So we're going to take our time with him, like I've said from the beginning beginning. Um uh he if you ask him he's ready to go now. Uh and he's chomping at the bit, wants to get in there with his teammates. But uh, to have him back out there in pads and man he looks freaking good. Um just his his size, the you know kinda like Jermaine Johnson and just the way they've kind of morphed their bodies and uh, he looks explosive, he looks powerful and uh so we'll we'll get him in, we'll ease him in but um but right now it's just acclamation.
1: He looks explosive. He looks powerful, Mike Wells. What do you expect Dalvin Cook to bring to this Jets offense?
3: Man, a
2: lot of uh, a lot of yards. Um, You're looking at a two-headed monster in the backfield. When you think about when you look at the running back position around the league, Michelle, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, if and when he gets back on the football field, are the two guys where you think okay, they are truly. The every down back for their team for the most part, they're going to get the majority of the carries. Now with the Jets, they've got a guy in Dalvin Cook who is coming off a season where he rushed for almost 1,200 yards. You got Breeze Hall who's back on the practice field now. Mm -hmm. So you got a a, a, when you combine those two guys in the backfield along with quarterback Aaron Rodgers, this Jets offense can be very very potent. They're they're going to be capable of putting up a lot of points quickly. They can, they, can, they got big playability as far as getting you know, the explosive plays, 20 push yards off the ground. You got Aaron Rodgers who can sling the ball down the football field. I think the excitement in New York, there, this, there hasn't been this, this much excitement from the Jets and who knows how long when it comes about the possibilities of being successful this year.
1: So now that they've added yet another weapon, we have less questions about the Jets and their personnel on the field. But when I look about, uh Or and I think about it, excuse me, questions about the Jets as a whole. One thing I'm wondering, Mike, is about adversity. We, we wondered a lot about Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to handle adversity with his new team. They're in the honeymoon phase right now. Everybody is loving each other. They're loving life. But what about Robert Sala? Because we've had Diana Rossini on, I believe it was last week, she was out at Florham Park. She was covering the Jets and we asked her about Aaron Rodgers and she said every single thing at that facility is running through Aaron Rodgers, whether it's what plays that they call or what they eat for lunch. He is the man in charge. So what do you think that's like for somebody like Robert Sala, who is, uh, you know, he's um, earlier in his tenure as an NFL head coach. What do you think it's like for him to concede at least some level of control to his new quarterback?
2: Man, it's got to – when you think of the NFL, you, I mean, when you think of any professional, any sport, the head coach is going to have control. But you you have a guy in Wallace, Robert Sala who's just entering his third year as a head coach, um, a period, at any level. you You have a quarterback who has not only proven to be a winner – He's an MVP, uh, uh, previous MVP winner, won a Super Bowl. He's also very outspoken and opinionated. So Mm -hmm. if the Jets, if they come across some kind of adversity at some point in the season and Aaron Rodgers decides to voice his opinion in a negative way, the players are going to be in a situation like, all right, are we going to follow the lead of our quarterback? Right. Or are we going to try to stay together and – and get in a situation where we got to back our head coach because um, you, the last thing you want is a divided locker room. And the schedule is not playing any favors for the Jets. I mean, you're, you're talking about opening the season against Buffalo on the road to Dallas, and then you get Kansas City in Week Four. So you got three or four teams that, in my opinion, are legitimate playoff teams. Two of those three teams are teams that you're going to have to compete against if you expect to try to get to the Super Bowl in the a in the AFC. One is in your own division, so the Jets can't avoid. They can. They they have to avoid a slow start. A slow start is going to put so much pressure on yeah. Salah and he's going to have to answer a lot of questions. Or if the play calling becomes an issue, you got Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. So it, it, it's going to be a situation where the best thing to happen for the Jets is they get off to a strong start because. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, he's never been one to hold back. I mean, he he and Pat McAfee were best friends for the last <laughs> couple of years, with with him going on to the, the the McAfee show every every Tuesday in the past. So it'll be interesting how how it pans out. Um, you know, does the, does the, 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 the Salah have the locker room in your opinion? If, if um, did that struggle
1: early? I'm I think that you're right. There's going to be such. A fine line and an interesting gray area for him to finesse because uh, I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks, but I've been watching it. And everyone within the Jets facility feels so enamored with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you see all these players talking about him and they are just in awe of him. And rightfully so. He has had so much success and is one of the best to ever do it. And he is coming in there and trying to impart that wisdom and what he knows to be a championship-caliber level of play to the Jets, and they're listening. Like They are really locked into what he's saying and locked into falling in line with what he wants to do there. But if, for some reason, things aren't going well, especially at the outset, and there are a lot of questions, and maybe Robert Sala has one notion about how to do things, and Aaron Rodgers has another, I don't know where he goes from there, because you're the one that gave him a certain level of autonomy. It's part of the reason he wanted to be there, right? Is that he had had power. And you really risk alienating some of the players who seemingly are going to have number eights back regardless of what's happening. So, I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be very... That's a storyline to watch if things go wrong for the Jets. Not only how Aaron Rodgers responds, but what Robert Sala has to do as well.
2: Listen, Michelle, I'm, I'm going to be sitting back in my butt bucket of a... Uh, butter popcorn and enjoying (laughs) every minute of it. If there are some issues um, uh, with the Jets early in the season, I'm going to, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it.
1: Um, While you're eating that popcorn, are you going to be out there on the grill, whipping up any burgers to go with that popcorn? (laughs)
2: Oh, man, I just got my Blackstone griddle today, man. I had to season it. My uh, <laughs> son will be home from soccer practice about 7.45. That'll be enough time after the show to get things going. I tried to invite, tried to invite Shannon over uh, for dinner, but he's a little too far away. I would have invited you also. Oh, and Because uh, one thing I can do is throw down – um in in the kitchen so one of these days one of these days we'll make it we'll have to make it happen and we'll have chris canton bring some of his wife's sweet potato pie
4: well i did (laughs) have i did have a question though like and i'll throw it out there to you guys as far as cooking your burger what's the best way to prepare a burger is it the griddle is it the grill is it the cast iron you know uh uh, pan what is it what's the best way to
1: prepare a burger well i'll defer to the grill master here
4: I have
2: I'm I'm all about the smash burgers now, man. I mean before it was about just give me a grilled burger, but now I'm about that smash burger. I love it. I can throw down on it. And uh I'm just one of those guys I, I like to be outside cooking. So that's how I that's how I like to kill it. And uh Shannon, you try try it every single way and then you let me know how you wanna do it, how you like it best.
1: Okay, we'll get the report from Shannon. But what can't Mike Wells do? He's outstanding at covering sports. He's a professor. He's a great dad. And he also is a grill master. He is a modern-day Renaissance man. He is Mike Wells. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next here on and Carlin, we are going to play rookie quarterback fact or fiction. A fun game next after Mike has this word from Vivid Seats.
2: I'm sure you can tell that football is back. And I'm here to remind you that Vivid Seats has your back. For all your ticket needs, not only is Vivid Seats the official ticketing partner of ESPN, they have a 100% buyer guarantee, and they're the only ticket company that rewards you for buying. This football season, catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play, live and in person. To get great deals on great seats, download their app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live.
5: or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
3: 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify
1: Alongside Mike Wells, I'm Michelle Smallman, Kanteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in our outstanding producer, Shannon Penn. We're going to play a little game. Rookie quarterback fact or fiction? Shannon, take it away. All right, easy
4: enough. Fact or fiction. I'll give you some numbers, some players. you got to tell me if you agree or disagree. Fact or fiction. We will start Bryce Young and Mike, we'll start with you. Bryce Young will be the offensive rookie of the year. Right now, according to Caesars, they have him at plus 400. B. Sean Robinson actually has the shortest odds right now at plus 300. So, Mike, Bryce Young will be the offensive rookie of the year. Fact or fiction?
2: I am going to go with fiction, um, and, and, and I love Frank Reich. Uh, I had him for a couple of years uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. I think uh, he's finally got a quarterback to work with after – Things not panning out with Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Um, but I am going to go with Bajon, uh Robinson. I, I like the fact that the Falcons have Desmond Ritter as their quarterback. Um, I think they're going to lean more on Robinson. I think um, Bryce Young's going to have his up and downs. He's going he's to struggle at times, and I just think the interceptions are going to outweigh what Robinson's going to be able to give the Falcons in their running game. So give me a fiction on that
1: one, Shannon. I'm going to say fact. Because we are a quarterback obsessed society, and he is the number one quarterback, the number one draft pick, and I just think that it's kind of his to lose at this point. I think he's in a division where there's uh, kind of an open playing field, so I would not be surprised if Bryce Young wins the Offensive Rookie of the Year.
4: All right, Michelle, next up here on quarterback Fact of Fiction, C.J. Stroud can take the Texans from worst to first in the AFC South. Right now, the Texans have the longest odds in that division at plus 850, according to the season sportsbook. So what say you? Fact of Fiction, C.J. Stroud can lead the Texans from worst to first in the AFC South.
1: Did the Jacksonville Jaguars move divisions? Are they not there anymore? This is totally fiction. There's no way that the Houston Texans are going to be better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. CJ Stroud, I think, is going to, um, as most rookies have up and down ups and downs. I I'm not taking too much stock into what we saw with the preseason because I think he's a talented player and that hopefully that will even out. But no, I don't think that the Texans are going to be better than the Jags.
2: Man, Shannon, who. That's a question mark on this question that you just threw up there. That's definitely definitely, uh, fiction on that one. Uh, I I hope things work out for C.J. Stroud. Um, Ohio State quarterbacks have not had uh, a whole lot of success in the NFL. I hope it pans out. But, no, Trevor Lawrence, uh, or a.k.a. Sunshine, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are still the team to beat. In fact, um, the Houston Texans need to avoid – they need to do their best – to avoid finishing last in the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts. So definitely a gigantic F.I. as in fiction in that situation.
4: All right, next up here for you, Mike, Anthony Richardson was just named start quarterback there with Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, Anthony Richardson will have over 700 rushing yards this season. And for reference, let's look at Jalen Hurts, because that's a, a popular player. Mm-hmm. He had 760 rushing yards last year in 15 games. We all know Justin Fields led the NFL in rushing yards by quarterback with over 1,100. But just for reference, Jalen Hurts had 760 rushing yards last year. So, Mike, Anthony Richardson will have over 700 rushing yards this season. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say fiction,
2: but barely under 700 yards. I know Shane Shane Steichen is basically looking at Anthony Richardson to be able to use him in the same kind of way. I just think trying to get – I know they're going to – Richardson is going to use this feet. He's very athletic. I just think trying to get over 700 yards as a rookie is going to be challenging. And it's really, there's, there's not going to be a need to have Richardson run the ball that much if Jonathan Taylor is back in the lineup for the Indianapolis Colts. So he's going, to run for over, he's going to run for over 500, 600 yards. But 700, that's going to be a lot for a rookie quarterback to be able to do it, especially if they got the workhorse Jonathan Taylor back there in the backfield in Indianapolis.
1: I really want to say fact. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to say fact. Ooh, look at uh,
2: you going out on the limb today, today, I know. Michelle.
1: Maybe it's because I'm hyped that uh, he was named QB one, but I just think he's going to have the opportunity now that we know he's starting under center, at least for the the majority of the season, unless something happens. Um, but I just think he's one of those players that's explosive, and he he could do it. So I'm I'm going to say fact. Maybe it's because I said fiction for everything else, but let's let's go with the fact.
4: All right, Michelle, last one here on Rookie Quarterback Fact or Fiction. Malik Willis, I understand he's not a rookie, but Malik Willis will be a full-time starter <laughs> before Will Levis with Tennessee.
1: Fact or fiction? You're making it work with these questions, Shannon, and I appreciate that for you. Um, this one's tough because I know that this is a competitive battle, and I know that they like what they've seen out of Malik Willis. So you know what? I'll say, I'll say fact for this, that maybe they would give him a shot before Will Levis.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna say fiction. I'm all about the fiction today, uh, Michelle. <laughs> you are because if they had if they had faith in Malik Willis, they would not have selected Will Levis. Uh, Will Levis in the draft. Uh, you know, Levis was projected to be a first round pick, fell out of the first round. But if Willis was that guy who they selected in the 2022 draft, they had the faith in him. They would not have wasted a pick on Levis. So I'm going to go fiction. I think if Ryan Tannehill struggles and they got to turn somewhere, I believe it's going to be um, the Will Levis show with the Tennessee Titans.
1: That was Rookie Quarterback Factor Fiction, hosted by Shannon Penn here on Canteen Carlin. He's Mike Wells. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, speaking of young quarterbacks, which quarterbacks are poised to make a Jalen Hurts-like jump this season? We'll discuss it next on ESPN Radio. You're listening to Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XN Channel 80. He's Mike Wells. I'm Michelle Smallman. And we're in the middle of our ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon. We're having so much fun today. It's completely free. It's easier than ever to join. Just sign up over at ESPN.com slash FFL or in the ESPN Fantasy app. Let's talk about quarterbacks, Mike Wells, specifically Jalen Hurts. We know last year he took a massive leap forward in his career. He was in the MVP conversation all the way until the end of the season when he missed those final two games due to injury, made it to the Super Bowl. And the question of the day here is this. Which quarterback do we think is poised to make a Jalen Hurts-like jump this season? I have my candidate. I don't know who yours is. We could have the same pick here, but I'll let you go first. Who do you think is going to be this season's version? Version of Jalen Hurts,
2: man, M- Michelle, you're gonna sit here and say Mike is always trying to tinker with how we how we approach our little segments when we ask questions on uh, play our little games because the quarterback I have he has already reached that level. Oh. he's already been one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, but he dealt with some legal issues and spent some time mm. uh, suspended. I'm gonna say Deshaun Watson. I'm gonna, and the reason I'm going to say Deshaun Watson, because obviously he missed a lot of time, um, you know, due to the stuff he dealt with with the off the field problems. But now that Deshaun has had a full off season, he's back. And I think we're going to see the Deshaun Watson that we saw with the Houston Texans, a guy that was one of the young up and coming quarterbacks in the NFL. Think about it. He didn't play a snap in twenty twenty one. Mm -hmm. He only played six games in 2022. Right now he's had that full off season. And, you know, I think, the Cleveland Browns, I think the AFC uh, North is the best division in football. I, used to, I thought it was the AFC East before, but I think the AFC North is that division. And I think we're going to see the Deshaun that we grew accustomed to when he threw for over 4,000 yards with the um, Houston Texans in 2018. I think he's going to make that leap, and he's going to be a quarterback that people are talking about again. I know I fudged it a little bit because you're probably <laughs> looking for a young quarterback, but I just, I just, I just think this is going to be the year Deshaun has that bounce back.
1: Okay, I see what you did there. He he, at one point was a top five quarterback in the NFL. So you pick a guy you know is capable of it because he's done it. But I appreciate that. You know what? Work smarter, not harder. That's my motto. So, Mike, I love your approach there. Okay, so using think Deshaun's going to find it again? And he's your pick to make a Jalen Hurts-like jump back to where he was. You know what? You take Deshaun Watson. That's fine. Because I'm putting my money on Trevor Lawrence. This is a guy Ooh. that when he came out of college, and what a college career he had, we were talking about this guy and the same air as an Andrew Luck, as a Peyton Manning, And after he shook away the debris of what was a terrible terrible urban meyer era in jacksonville he finally got paired with the head coach and doug peterson that knows what he's doing and we saw it come to fruition last year the jags were kind of a surprise team not many people expected them to jump up and win the afc south and to to win the wild card game but trevor lawrence is the main reason why they were there i i just think that he's got every single component you want in a franchise quarterback i think now that they've had that Success, and they're going into year two of Doug Peterson's system. He is more comfortable in it. He is more confident in himself. And I think we're going to be talking about Trevor Lawrence in the MVP conversation this year.
2: So what you're telling me is, Michelle, you're not sipping a Kool-Aid out of Southern California with the Kellen Moore, Justin Herbert uh, duo together with the Chargers. And you're not buying all the hype up there in Chicago with – um, Justin Fields finally having a wide receiver in DJ Moore. You're not you're not you're not, si- you're not sipping the Kool Aid from either one of those
1: um, quarterbacks. I mean, maybe a sip. You know, maybe I'll taste test it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Justin Herbert is incredibly talented. And maybe, maybe I discount Justin Herbert a little bit because of his head coach. You know, when I when I think of my confidence in choosing Trevor Lawrence. That is in addition to his skill set because I have great confidence in Doug Peterson to put him in a position to win and to extract the best out of him. I can't say the same in L.A. with... Uh, Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, based on what we saw at the end of last season. I think a lot of people were surprised he kept his job after what we saw in the, in the postseason. But,
2: against, against your, against your against guy, my choice, Trevor against against my and the choice. Jaguars. Exactly
1: yeah. right. Um, but Justin Fields is an interesting case study because people are really high on him. We saw what he did with the legs last year. He's got such incredible athleticism. If he can take that next step with his arm, he might be the guy. I wouldn't be surprised. Would you, Mike? Are you drinking the Kool-Aid?
2: I'm I'm all about Justin. I I, I can't wait to see what uh, Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert can do together. I mean, Kellen Moore, I thought he did a very good job with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott in their office last year. I can't wait to see what happens. And I I had Matt Eberflus, the uh, Bears uh, head coach. He was the coach for the coordinator. I want him to be successful, and I'm glad they went out and finally got Justin Fields some help. So I would take both of those guys over your guy down there in Florida. Wow. I would take either one of those two over Trevor Lawrence making a bigger leap.
1: Okay, that's fine. I'm happy with my pick. I'll put some money on it, even. He's Mike Wells. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next right here on Canty and Carlin, are the Bills still the team to beat in the AFC East? And which team has the best offense in the division? We'll examine both of, the, both of those things next on ESPN Radio.
2: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can
5: listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.